What's uh, what's what's the big take today? What do you got? What are you what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett? Uh, I am. I was gonna get to that. I was gonna get to another story that I wanted to ask you. Do you think I'm being cynical? Uh, I'm gonna present this story to you. I'm gonna give you my initial thoughts, and then I want to get yours. Uh, your girl Felicity Huffman, uh, modern day Andy Dufresne, uh, who did uh, she was sentenced to 13 days, but she did 11. Because they count the day you get there and the day you leave as a day, even though is she got there Beverly late. Hills, uh, <laughs> the Beverly yeah, Hills, the Beverly Hills detention center. I, I, it's probably just as nice. It was like some kind of woman's federal facility. So she comes out like she's freaking Nelson Mandela and says that she wants to help these women in there that have been discarded, and that her eleven day stint has touched her. Uh, am I being obtuse by saying I don't buy it? And I think this is the quickest way to get rid of the fact that she broke the law by saying, like, I'm glad I went to jail because I learned a lot and I'm a different person. And then quickly try and go like the Kim Kardashian, I'm helping women not as fortunate as me and like forget that I tried to circumvent the system and bribe uh, public university yeah it's what it's what everybody does i mean it's just it's the constant uh you know anytime somebody gets in trouble they take on a cause that they yeah. learn that they learned or that they know is going to get them P- it's a pr move i mean that's why I, I just don't it's why i don't believe anything anymore and when people say that you don't believe political news and so i don't believe anything any news any most I shouldn't say, but a lot of the news is put out by PR people by one spin side or another, and then you have to try and dissect it yourself or dissect it, however you want to pronounceify that <laughs> pronunciation. <laughs> but that's just what it is to me. I just I listen to this and I see all these things and go, I what what, what am I supposed to do? Believe that she's really that changed? No. Oh, she's not. It's obvious that's for her own benefit in the end. It's it's it's, uh, it's and I do it too. Don't get me wrong, I do it too and feel sick to my stomach doing it, but you want to save yourself at that point. But then you're but you no, know, Frank, you don't do it too cuz you're a genuinely good guy. I don't think that Not when I'm in that you, much trouble. I mean, <laughs> if I've done that much that something that stupid and big, yeah, I, yeah, I'm a big phony then. My issue is that she didn't come out and say, "Hey, I'm going to make a quilt for every kid that doesn't have a family or something like that. What she's doing is now actually taking people's lives that she genuinely probably doesn't care about because how could you care about any what you formed a bond in nine days? She's using these women that are already sympathetic figures, these women, these, these older black and brown women that have been discarded, but they're good people. And I'm going to, I'm going to be their savior and lift them up like Simba, uh, you know, from the Lion King. And it's like, I I, I way, take if issue I, if with I that. Said that. That's racist. You know that, right? <laughs> yes. I couldn't. I can't do a symbol reference in that you situation. You can't do. You can't. When you Not had, if I want to work. <laughs> when you had either one of your beautiful children, you didn't lift them to the to the heavens and present them. I might have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you cut the cord? By the way, no. Were you in there? I was in there, but I they, I didn't. Uh, I thought the cord was gross. I, I didn't. I ate the umbilical cord later, but uh, not. a lot of people do that. No, they I, don't. I know do you. They? Yes, I. Yeah, Frank. Are you friends with the cruises? Do you know where the hell you live? People eat the placenta, bro. They uh, the placenta. I actually got that wrong. Oh. 
Go figure me getting <laughs> part of the anatomy wrong. <laughs> All right, good. I want to know if anybody disagrees with me, but I was like, this is bullshit. And it's just like, I don't, it just bothers me when you like that you think that we're that dumb that you come on, you're like, that nine days really showed me we need to do something about our it criminal justice system. Pe- it, wor- it works for a lot of people. No, there's, <laughs> it's constant, Al. It's everybody does that. It's social media. That's what everybody does on social media all day long is if they say something wrong, there's immediate. Uh, go into repair mode and find somebody who knows what they're doing, knows what they're talking about to help you fix it. it. Not just celebrities. And celebrities, sometimes people who are in positions of power and stuff are trying to do good. They just misstep a little bit with their speaking or they they don't think about another angle and then they're persecuted for it. And a lot of times people are just trying to help. They're not bad people. They're just trying to help. And in the end, do, let me ask you this, just to play devil's advocate. Do the ends justify the means? Let's say she is doing this. Felicity Huffman's doing this just for herself. But in the end, if it ends up helping those people, what do you say to that? I mean, that it does bring good to those people, right? Right, it does. Yeah. It's self-serving in the meantime, but... If I'm one of those people that's in prison at that time and I'm uh, and I this could help me eventually. Well, that's just the way it's going to be, Sonny. <laughs> All right. That that's a good point. I, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't completely agree with it. I'm just give I'm playing devil's advocate there because I do think it's completely self-serving and it, it's gross in a way. But at the same time, it is actually helping some people or potentially does help people to put the word out there. And that's what they're counting on, that that means more than the self-servingness or self-servitude. I mean, it, if I went out and gave $100 bills to the homeless people out here on the streets of Denver right in, in, my, in front of my window and put it on Instagram, it, yes, it's self-serving. I'm trying to get more followers and get more notoriety, but... There are some people that hopefully can do some good with that. So, I mean, I guess you're right there. You, you know, it's always nice. And I guess we grew up with this, like, you should just do things out of nobility and out of the goodness of your heart. But, you know, if if you help yourself and in the meantime, other people are helped, too. Uh, I mean, she's just gaming. She look, I, I feel like if you pull all the way back out of this forest that we're in, Felicity Huffman is just a human. She was born a white woman, I'm assuming, of some privilege. She then made it as an actress in some way, shape, or form, and she got in trouble. So she, so what is she supposed to say to the legal system? Please treat me like a 17-year-old minority male uh, using a public defender? No, she's gaming the system like she was that got her ass in jail, and she's doing it on the way out. And, I mean, I can't blame her for playing the hand that she was given. Let me let me do this again. Let me go uh, play a little more devil's advocate. A lot of advocating for the devil here today. This me. podcast is sponsored by the Devil's Advocate you, you, DVD. What? What if she does say? Uh, if what benefit does it give her to go out there and say all this stuff? Well, it's my fault. I was a terrible person. Then people just use it against you later and say, "See, the, here are quotes from you saying how terrible of a person you are because it's so readily accessible." So you 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 can't go out there and tell the truth. You do, and it, uh, certain people probably can, but most people aren't going to because they don't want to deal with the the ramifications of it. They just want to they'll lie their way out of it and do something that looks really good in public and hope that is 
that tips the scales in their favor. And I, I get it. I don't like it, but it's what everybody does. And it's when we, we the people of uh, the United States, we the people um, who, who try to do the right thing all the time. And we fail. I do. I make lots of mistakes. But listen, uh, is, I always wonder, is a, is a big mistake that much more, that, that much worse then a little mistake in this situation is uh, is cheating on one answer on a test worse than cheating the whole test i don't know it, it, i get it, it feels like it because it's in greater numbers but is it worse to kill 10 people than one it's still killing yeah i i would say that 10 is worse than one uh, but we all know that you have a proclivity to be a serial killer. No, uh, I, well, look, uh, look, at, look at my makeup. Yes. It's going to be more me than you, Al. <laughs> Frank, Frank's got the, scale, the scales of justice out. Ten shattered families are one. Which one's better? I mean, Al, better <laughs> chance of you going to jail for it. But me, yeah. <laughs> me having done it. You dripping in blood. And so you're like, hey, I don't know. I'm just saying, check Al Jackson. I think he, <laughs> he might have been on stage at the time, but you can't trust those people. And, yeah. And the guy goes, Jackson? <laughs> name checks out now i mean honestly man this is this is this is where we are and you look at uh, she is in such a esteemed class that white women that go to jail you can make an argument uh, excuse me white women of privilege that go to jail you can make the argument came out and their star was bigger uh abby miller the chick from dance moms uh went to jail for a federal tax evade like she was hiding money in australia or something weird and got caught she did she did uh you know time and came back she then said uh me did a mea culpa then told everybody she had cancer and now she's back to screaming at nine-year-old girls <laughs> telling them that they suck and that they they'll never make it uh what's her name uh martha stewart went to jail for a year and came out and is came out is not not only more popular, kept her original fan base and then crossed over with Snoop to a whole younger, yeah, yeah, urbaner you know, fan base. You know what that's called? Street cred. Martha Stewart street cred. M-S-S-C. But it is, though. She did it. It's a... And I mean, how many people... Other, how many black folks have come out of jail and been bigger and more beloved than when they went in? Mandela. There you go. <laughs> That's a there terrible you. answer. That's it. Was a, it, was a, it, it, it was a great answer and a terrible answer at the same time because it doesn't make your point at all. But I no, I, it makes the point that we need that we have two men with over forty years of life experience. And we can't think of one black um, dude that came out. It was like, what? what? I, I, yes. Listen, uh, OJ's I, not more popular. Oh yeah, he's more known, <laughs> not more popular. Is there a difference between, um, but is there a difference? Fame and recognition? No, but also the white collar crime versus murder. I mean, I think there's more yeah, to that. That was a bad, that was a bad example. Uh, no, but I know what you're saying. I, I'm trying to think, uh, does anybody, has anybody come out? I think it is like, harder to find that. Wesley person. Snipes went to jail for tax evasion, but he was kind of at the tail end of his career at that point. Uh, yeah, I can't think of any uh, too many black men that went to jail. Maybe rappers, but you could make the argument that 
their uh, most rappers, and I'm, obviously we're generalizing here, there's a lot of different kinds of genre rap, but the rappers that do talk about being authentic street guys and living the life and fast money, fast cars, going to jail, fast women, all that kind of stuff, that I think going to jail for a little while, it doesn't hurt your, it doesn't hurt your brand at all. Because now you when no, you come out, it, you can, you can it rap about it. it could actually help in some ways, right? Yeah. It's, it's the street cred kind of thing. I, I I don't know. You know, that's a lot of guys, uh, people who brought guns to airports just to my, and what I've heard behind the scenes at times is like, that's just to get in the news because you're only going to be in so much trouble for something like that, I guess. I don't know. Oh, well, I yeah, I wouldn't do that. No. All right. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I just like now I'm at that point in my life where I'm just like, I'm so scared of getting in trouble, Frank. What an older gentleman thing to say. I just like, I'm like, did I, please don't. I just don't, I couldn't well, imagine. You have life. You've got, you've had a life, you've built something, and then you get worried about some, some of that being pulled away from you. When you're younger, you don't have any of that. You just, you're pretty fearless. You're not worried about having built up, yeah. uh, you know, accumulated, just not even, uh, you know, um, money or items or, or it's just uh, even your um, reputation has been built to be a good human being and you don't want that screwed up and it can just go away overnight so and you have that realization as an adult you don't think about this kid why do you think there are these kids tweet all these racist and sexist and terrible things because they don't think about that stuff and they don't really have that much to lose yet they don't realize yeah. what they have to lose because what they lose is part of their future, which they don't even realize they have in front of them. Yeah, like all you know, there's their their pictures and their you know, their young guys just saying, "I you, you forget I you know I don't I don't know what would have happened if you had given a fifteen year old sixteen year old Al just social media, even though at that point you probably only have fifty followers." It's just like whether you know it or not, you you are starting an oral history of every thought you've ever had. And as soon as you hit, uh, just like when we talked about the Keystone Light guy, uh, famously, go back and listen to that podcast if you don't remember. He's the one that held the sign up at the uh, college football tailgate uh, asking Keystone Light for beer money or something in his Venmo. Right. He then went viral and made a bunch of money. Then a reporter reported on the story, went back to his Twitter and found some racist stuff. Um, he said I was young and the, you know, all that stuff. Uh, I, you know, just, it, it, you think about the way people talked, Frank, like 15 years ago, the black IPs released a song called let's get our word out. And that was like 2003 and it was on the radio. The R word was in the hook. I don't yeah. know if I wouldn't have any tweets using that word if you went back 25 years ago. That's how guys yeah. talked. I know plenty of people who still use it. It's, been, yeah. I, I, I know people who use it in a good way. I know people, oh, that's retarded. They say that and mean a positive thing. And uh, I've never said it. I don't you know, plan to say it. Um, I don't like... Listen, I, I I have a weird thing about the words, uh, other than the big one. The N word is a is a. I just there's too much behind it. Um, that I words like the R word, um, the B word, and stuff like that. I just people who pretend to get so upset about it that also say it all the time. It drives me crazy. 
Yeah. I, I just, I, we're all human. We make uh, mistakes. But I, And I don't want to say who I heard use, I'll tell you off the air, but the people using the R word um, were super famous people. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah super famous. And I just don't want to get, you know. I'm not yeah. I, I wonder if that's them thumbing their nose at almost like their their version of kind of sticking their leg over the edge of a cliff. Like that's the slow drip of adrenaline. Like, 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 look, I'll use, I'll, I'm edgy. See, uh, no, uh, it was used in a positive way and, uh, and, and meant like, Oh, that's blown my mind. That's what, that's what it meant. Oh yeah. So I was, so it's not meant uh, like, I always thought about this. This was the thing that I always, I was thought of people who had mental disabilities or had some type of issue like that. I never thought of them as being that. I always think of that word as being something separate. It's like, why do you don't let it apply to you? Don't think it's think the person who's saying it is stupid. They're the one who fits the description of what they think they're saying. It's well, not. I think that's know? that's where the uh, the that's where gay. I think when people used to use the word gay uh, uh, to mean that, I, I heard that a lot from people. Uh, they would say, you know, oh. Uh, you know, the, the, the ice cream store isn't open past five o'clock on Saturdays. That's so, you know what? And they weren't saying that's like what a gay business owner would do. Yeah. They were just saying that that sucks. But, you know, it's just like, when, yeah, I'll tell you uh, a story I have about the R word and how, uh, it, it, how what, what really changed it for me. Uh, I, I'd never... Um, I never like used it very. It just wasn't a thing. I heard it a lot. I just that wasn't my word. Uh, but I it, it was just it was such a nothing thing at a certain time that I I couldn't go back and tell you who used to use it. It just was like a word you heard a lot. And I was uh, performing in Chicago. This man, this must have been eight years ago. And I was uh, I was in an alley uh, smoking a here's my air quotes a cigarette with uh some of the other comics it was raining there was an umbrella and, and i was holding an umbrella and this couple that was in the first show uh was passing through the alley because that's where you always want to see your entertainer and uh it was a husband husband and wife and they stopped and was talking to me and the other comics and the mother uh the wife said uh oh we really enjoyed the show tonight glad we could come out um you know we have a special needs child and we rarely get out and i was telling my husband on the way to the show I just hope nobody uses the R word. She said that to him in the car. And I was thinking to myself, let's say I had used that word and they didn't say anything to me after the show. The idea of somebody leaving a show that I was on where I was trying to entertain them and just the 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 feeling you must have saying, we we have a a, a, a child with severe special needs we get one night out to put on your nice stuff, get a sitter, and just be a couple for one night. And I still hit them with that. Would have it? I, 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 I don't know if I would ever have recovered from that. Yeah, just but, even okay, like but knowing you can't that. Can't do everybody's individual thing. Like, oh, like if their child had, or if they had a family member who'd been killed by a drunk driver. And you have a joke about booze. You can't. Uh, you can't. Uh, 
you can't. I've heard people that have talked about that kind of stuff. Not even drunk driving, just talking about booze and it sets somebody off. You can't worry about everybody's little thing. Or if talking about a family member of your own who's passed away and doing a joke about that because it's therapeutic for you, but it brings back a memory for somebody else. You just yeah. can't. And, and I, I, you, if you did that, we'd never talk to each other. And that's what PC culture's problem is. You can't. We can't worry about everybody else's thing. You just have to know, hey, you're doing this in jest. If you did it to really try and hurt the feelings of a person who was uh, disabled mentally in some capacity, well, I, I, yeah, then you're a bad person, I think. But if you're saying it some other way or to teach and people take things out of context, or, like even when I said the R word before, I was saying it as though somebody else had said it to me. Somebody could pull that out and say, you're a terrible person. I'm like, no, I was describing that it was said to me by people. And I was like, wow, this is weird that you're just saying this out loud and nobody's mentioning it to you, I guess. There's well, a different kind of privilege here. So, uh, well, that I mean, you just brought up another thing. Uh, we're really rolling today, but like you're 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 triggering me, Frank. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like that's why people that were were and still are advocates of you know making sure of inclusivity and and no hate speech for the most part. I feel like that uh, some of that movement, not all of it, but some of it has been co-opted by people that realize that it's it, it it's you can just make money or get clicks by just destroying somebody over something that they didn't say and you can't defend yourself. And l- let me just get right into this. I was out with uh, a comic I was out with a comic. I'm not going to say when and well, whenever you listen to it, it was yesterday. It was last night. So it's really fresh in my mind. I've been thinking about it all day. He's a sweet guy. He's a nice guy. Is he uh, an R word? He is not. <laughs> he is not an Reckless. R word. Yeah, it's not a G word, not an N word, not a C word. Jeez. What's the other one? An F one, F word, nothing. Uh, but he was saying that. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I don't basically he was attempted to be me tooed by a human being that everybody knew was not stable Mm -hmm. um, and everyone knew was lying and people told him to his face. They, they had his back and said this, the people that often employ him uh, said they had his back and understand this. But he was said this to me and his, like his face, you could just tell how hurt he was by the accusation that you can just say shit, Frank. I can just accuse you of being a rapist. Do you understand that? Ac- I don't. I don't know if people it's personal to me. Obviously, my my mother was was sexually assaulted. Uh, it's so personal to me. And it's such a personal attack on your character, your family, your family name. But you can just just say stuff and just watch it ripple out into the Internet. And there's no what means do I have if I defend myself? Then I'm bringing more attention to it from people that maybe would have not known about it. If I don't, it just what sits there. I don't know. So you can just say anything. So just, like, what is the? You can just say anything. It like, did you read the article that's in ESPN 
It's the um, the Penn State head coach saying they're getting a little sick of the death threats towards their quarterback. Penn State is nine and one as we sit here. Right. And you can just I can just text a 19 year old and tell him I'm going to kill him. Word. Yeah, but how do you fix that? You can't fix it because they're I don't think you can. You can't regulate everybody. Who knows what a joke is? You see the Barkley thing just recently? Yeah, what do you think about that? Listen, uh, I, I, let's break it down logically. He said, uh, I don't hit women, but if you were a man, I'd hit you. Basically, that's what he said, right? Yeah. So in the context of that is, you're a woman equals I would not hit you. Right? Right. It means I will not hit you. And then she said, I was threatened. No, he said, I will not hit you. That's what he said. He just said it in doublespeak. Yeah, right? yeah but way, he literally said I mean, that. I wouldn't yes. do it myself, but it's Charles Barkley. And it, he's honest. He's, it, who, wasn't, who isn't thinking that? If a guy, like, I don't, I don't get in a fight because I'm afraid I'm going to lose. That's, that's my, that's <laughs> that's, my only reason. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm afraid I, that guy's going to hit me really hard. I'm way too pretty. <laughs> too pretty. <laughs> So I I won't get I've never I would never get in a fight in something like that. Somebody said there's something to me, I just walk away and be you know, be shamed and have my wife think less of me. But a um you know, somebody Charles Barkley he did not say, I'm gonna punch you in the mouth, knucklehead. That's not what he said. He said, I don't hit women. They started with the phrase that logically leads to if she's a woman, he does not hit them, right? Right. I mean he opens himself up easily for a situation like this, but I looked at some of the tweets going back and forth, and this person's obviously using it to her advantage as well. And all the the super liberal people are on board, and all the super righty people are like, "You're ridiculous," and it's just like, it's just a fight. It's just a, it, everybody. It's it's just a way to get clicks, and it's Charles Barkley just being Charles Barkley. And if there's anything I love about Charles, it's that he's honest. That's what we all about love about him. And that's why I said, that's why I'm saying, Frank, it's not just clicks. What we're going to start to do is we're going to start to silence the few people that are willing to be honest. Not start to. It's already happened. And that's the problem. Yeah. And yeah. And uh, Holmberg brought this up when I was talking with him the other day on the other cast. And uh, we, we talked about it just briefly because that's not the, 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 the subject matter of that kind of a thing. And I was like, Al would be perfect for this kind of talk. Um, so. In terms of that, listen, it's Charles Barkley. He's going to say stuff. You know, he's like Oklahoma City. They got big women out here. He, nobody else says that. He does, and he takes it, and he doesn't care. And the only time he did apologize was – oh, he's apologized a couple times. but And some of it was just not to get in any more trouble, and it was to protect the business overall. But you can feel him saying – uh, I apologize for recognizing that this needs an apology. That's all it really is. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I want to get right into, because I'm a little tr uh, pressed for time here. Um, I want to get into this Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett thing. And I want to set you up with my, uh, where I'm coming from, from the beginning of it. All right. I, I saw it live too. So it's oh, very. Okay. You, yeah. So you were in, you were in there with Pouncey. Kick it, uh, dude. Oh, yes, go. I want to no, hear you. you would, no, you would be on the other side. You're a Cleveland guy. So. Oh, dude, Sorry. die hard. Don't Sorry. disrespect. So, my take on it was this: um, that I saw from what I saw, 
Miles Garrett maybe a late hit end of the game wasn't anything terrible over the top. Then what I saw was Mason Rudolph grabbing Miles Garrett's helmet. Quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, if anybody hasn't seen. Yes, this. Miles uh, uh, Mason Rudolph, uh, replacement quarterback basically, sub quarterback because their main quarterback Ben Roethlisberger's out, uh, injured. Mason Rudolph um, grabs Miles Garrett's helmet. Uh, Mason Rudolph, for the for the context of all this, white guy Mason Rudolph, black guy Miles Garrett. Only telling you that for context later. Um, and then Miles Garrett seems to go over the edge. Uh, we don't know if anything was said at that point. We don't know what. But I, if somebody pulled my helmet and somebody kicked me in the nuts, I'm probably as pumped up as I am. We're in a winning situation. I don't know. I lose my place of where I am maybe. You see that happen with uh, reality television all the time. People forget the cameras are on. This is a guy who's a, a, a super trained athlete, um, but he's pumped up in a game. I don't know. Does it make it right after he swings a helmet and hits Mason Rudolph in the head? No, but it happened. And then afterwards, uh, there's a fight that breaks out, all that stuff. The post-game press conferences, I think Miles Garrett is great. I think Miles Garrett is standing there. He fe- he looks completely filled with sorrow, remorse, and the fact that he really made a mistake. And from what I understand, he's a pretty intelligent guy. Yes. Um, writes poetry and a different kind of guy. Not like a, I don't mean anything that's not a loaded different, just uh, that he's maybe not, uh, doesn't fit in exactly with He's any not a brute. Group. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. But he doesn't fit in. He's not street. He's not upper. Uh, you know, he's not. He's not going to jail with Felicity Huffman. Um, he might not fit. That's one of the things I've heard that he's just not in a group. Not everybody understands him, all that kind of stuff. And I'm. A, I'm the type of person who blows up and makes big mistakes too. Trust me. It's usually with words and e- it's usually in the emails. But uh, I thought Miles Garrett was great in his press conference. He took uh, all responsibility. And then I saw Mason Rudolph's. Um, press conference. I'm like, what a dick! Like, yeah, he pulled on his helmet. He did instigate. He's saying he's calling Miles Garrett a bully. No, I, you know, I think there was provoking going on there. To what and, extent, I don't know. And one thing, don't forget, Frank. He, Miles Garrett was being pushed back by the center, uh, Pouncey, and uh, another offensive lineman. So those are two big human beings. Both of them have all their anger and aggression and hands on Miles Garrett, right. pushing him back into the end zone because this happened like around the seven or eight yard line. And uh, Mason Rudolph got up from the five or six yard line and ran towards. So it, it was then three on one. So that's there's not another brown. Yeah, it's like in I'm the being attacked. It's turned and it's like I'm being attacked at this point. Miles, you know, Miles Garrett's being attacked. Even if he got into himself into that situation from another um, spark that you know provoked that. Okay, they, it's escalated. It's in bad emotions, running high. It's already a huge rivalry, all that stuff. But that's where I was as of a couple days ago. I was on Miles Garrett's. Uh, I, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to say sides. I'm like, he just looks better to me. He looks mm-hmm. way better. And then today, there was uh, a, a report that came out not from the a NFL. Now, I want you to understand something, too. Holmberg from K98KUPD here in Phoenix, also with me on Kelly Endocast. 
he has a theory that the NFL, and I believe this full-heartedly now, uh, full-heartedly, full-heartedly? Full-hearted me. Both yeah. of them. That the NFL is just becoming the WWE, and all they want is storylines because nobody cares about the game anymore. It's more fun to talk about the uh, the replays and how bad the referees are than almost because everybody does amazing things on the field all the time. It's not even that interesting compared hmm. to what's going on in between games. And if you look at all the storylines that have happened in the last year, it's pretty much stuff that's happening outside of games. All of it is. It's crazy. So today, it leaks, quote-unquote, it leaks out of the NFL offices that Miles Garrett has said, and Miles Garrett, I don't believe, has said this himself, but it leaks from the NFL offices that a racial slur was, I'm not trying to make fun of this, slung, said, whatever, in that pile or in that grouping, and that's what set off Miles Garrett. Is that believable? Yes. Okay? Do I believe it happened? I don't know. I really don't know. Do I think a lot of people say a lot of terrible things on a football field? And I was listening to Jason Whitlock and uh, Marcellus Wiley, and they were having a heated debate about this. And mm. if you know those guys, you know you can probably guess the sides they were on. Um, really good conversation and a lot of thought from all sides. Um, quite a bit of um, emotion there as well. But in terms of uh, uh, do I know? I don't. Did I think Mason – Rudolph was a dick to start with. Yeah. Do I think he could have? I maybe. I mean, he was. Re but uh, I have another thing that I want to add on to that after I hear after we talk and when I hear your side of what you thought of all this, if you were on board with me in front of what I observed or if you think I'm totally off uh, on a crazy tangent at this point. No, I mean, I, I, I'm completely with you. I, th I think it was. I, I, I look at it and. You know, I actually watched the entire game. Obviously, it's a Browns game Thursday night. Know, know what the game's on, and I've been waiting to see this Browns team play with the with the level of talent that I thought they've had all year, and they finally did. That's the thing that I said in real time on my group chat with my buddies from Cleveland. I was like, uh, "Showbert, our middle linebacker, I think had two picks, one for an interception, like a couple sacks." Uh, Miles Garrett. Whoever that left tackle, Villanueva, that's supposed to be this big-time left tackle for the Steelers, he should have filed assault charges against Miles Garrett because he was up. I think that's where all of this started is Miles Garrett was in the backfield so much that I think Mason was frustrated. I think the left tackle was frustrated. Miles Garrett, that's the thing that makes me so mad, Frank, is he, he played the best game I have ever seen a Browns defensive lineman yeah, ever play. Yeah, I don't even care what the numbers or sacks, hurries. I watched every snap. I've never seen since Indomitian Sue at Nebraska against that against that University of Texas team, a defensive lineman completely disrupt every single play he was a part of. And that's what makes me so mad about this. That's where, and that's why I give you the little prequel to get to where I'm going. I think this started a long time ago. Miles Garrett was eating the lunch of that left tackle, and he was in the face of Mason Rudolph. And I'm sure there have been words exchanged with every quarter with him either barely getting there, getting there, knocking him down, getting a shove in, hitting his arm, just letting him know every play. I'm going to see you every single play. And that last play, I was watching it because it was a throw. And I looked at it because I was like, I wonder if, if Garrett's still going to – my friends and I were like, we can't believe how much he's dominating this 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 Pro Bowl left tackle, and so I was watching. It's rare where you, it's rare where you're watching offensive line on the on a throwaway play with seven seconds to go in the game, 
But I was like, yep, blew him up again. And he's got his arm, his arms around Rudolph. And they followed the ball to go to the receiver. But I did see uh, Garrett and Rudolph go to the ground. And I did think I could eased up. Just because, yeah. like, why you have another play for a defensive penalty? The Browns are trying to get over that the most penalized team thing. So I was like, oh, why? And then when they brought the camera back from the incompletion or the completion, I don't know if the guy caught it. Obviously, the melee had started. Now, my question with the N word is, why are we hearing this on Thursday? It's weird, right? Why are we hearing this on Thursday? And let's not forget that uh, Marquise Pouncey is a black man and i i don't know i i don't want to talk on my ass i don't know what the other pittsburgh steeler holding uh miles garrett back i don't know what his racial makeup was but if you're saying the i would assume if you said the n-word loud enough for miles garrett to hear it on a noisy nfl field in a noisy nfl stadium then uh is it marquise pouncey or the other one because he's a twin Marcus and Marquise sure. or something like that. We'll call him Marquise. I don't know. Uh, Just call him Pouncey. Pouncey. And so I want – Which is would the his, right name in that situation because he pounced. He, he definitely did. Would your black center then also have heard that? Because if you and I are back-to-back -back in a bar fight, which I hope one day we are. <laughs> I'm running. Yeah. You'd have to be running back-to-back. -back. First of all, you'd have to be in a bar first, Frank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so – but if you're like, hey, Al, let's – kick these n-words butts i'd be like wait what yeah <laughs> like it's Scooby like do it what? yeah it's like i can't now i gotta be on the other guy's side and i don't want that i like and i don't friends. think anybody's i don't think i think you're hitting on something very important there i don't think anybody in that situation is going yeah let's what they're not even doing that they're like yo you deserve this dude you, you, I now I understand why Garrett, why Miles Garrett was coming after you. Not to say that he didn't. I don't know. I really don't know in this earth we live in nowadays. I don't know. It just feels it's like the Jesse Jesse Smollett thing. Like things just didn't all add up. So what happens to me is I I start looking. I look back at the press conferences, and if you are if you know you said this racial slur or something terrible. And you're uh, unless you're just super narcissistic and off your rocker as Mason Rudolph, you're not acting like a dick that he was. Yes, unless you're exactly you are right. just a full on, you know, racist a sociopath. Like, yeah, you're you like you don't have any idea, and your your head coach is black, right? I mean, there's a yeah. lot. There's a lot going on there. Your head coach is one of the blackest black men in the world. He is a black dude. Yes, you're right. And kitchens, I mean, and I wasn't referring to a second call. I'm talking about his vibe. He's got he's got old black dad vibe. Right. And then take a look at uh, Miles Garrett. Totally reserved, not feeling like he's like looking and sounding like, oh my god, I can't believe I did this. What is wrong with me? That doesn't read. This guy said a racial slur to me in that situation to me, unless he's so above everybody on another level. Um, but then how does he blow up? I don't know. And it, because I, but in the other terms, listen, the, the Cleveland Browns have a problem with following rules. They, there were a lot of hits in that game that you're going, oh, geez, that's a bit much. That feels almost like headhunting there. You know, the wide receivers going down, getting hit hard, uh, defenseless receiver stuff. And, 
You're going, oh, man. And then it just kind of cultivated in this at the end. I don't know. I, I really don't know, and I'm not going to guess because I don't want to be the white guy on the side of the white guy or the white guy on the side of the black guy because I'm a white guy feeling guilty about it. But it doesn't add up. It doesn't. And But what does add up is that six days later going in trying to reduce your suspension and save and Felicity Huffman yourself, it makes sense. I mean, maybe you think you heard something. Yeah, that's another possibility too, right? And listen, I don't know what happened. I know what you can see physically. I try to piece it all together, but I can't because I don't know the people. I don't know where they are, but I, none of it makes sense in terms of looking back and seeing how they were acting after the game. And I was on, listen, I'm not, I, I think Miles Garrett did feel bad. I think Miles Garrett, I think something could have been said. I think something could have been heard that, you know, it could have been something said and he thought he heard something. We don't even think about that. But there's a lot, there's a million different things that could happen. But in the end, you know, it, it doesn't make it right to swing a helmet. And everything else that Miles Garrett does, doesn't add up to that. So it's just weird in the first place. That's a good point. Yeah, it, it's like, the, and, and that was what I said to a friend of mine. I said, it, there's very few things, especially as my, my years as being a middle school teacher, you would have kids, I would have a student like you, that mild-mannered, chill, you know, kind of s- sweet kid. And then all of a sudden, another teacher would be like, yeah, Frank got in a fight in the cafeteria, and he and he and he, and he, he 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 tried to stab another kid with a fork, and he'd be like, "Wait, what? What, Frank? See, little Frank? Like, there, there are things that you know somebody else did to get somebody to that level, and there's only a few things that can get a man to that level, especially a black man. There's only a few things that can get any man to certain levels, any woman where they're like out of their mind mad. And I don't know what was said, but I, you know, so so then that would be my argument and gets my argument that something was said. But then my question is with the press conference, it's like, let's, let's reverse it. Let's say that I said something racist to you uh, you know, and you're the white quarterback and I'm the, the black D lineman. And I say something racist to you in the same melee ensues, the exact same thing we saw in the press conference. I know my, you would say Al knows what he said. We'll leave it on the field, but Al knows what he said. And me trying to cover my brand would be, I would probably say something like, look, in the heat of the battle, things get a little heated. Frank knows I don't mean anything by that, but you wouldn't say it, but you'd be like, you wouldn't just be like, it wouldn't hit you until four days later. Like, oh yeah, that's why I was really mad. So I I don't know. We don't know. Only those two men know, but it seems like other men that were standing there would know. Maybe the ref heard it. Like, unless he whispered it in his ear, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe where they were face to face, maybe he, uh, maybe that was said then. So, I heard another – people were also mad that Mason Rudolph called Miles Garrett the B-word. And I'm like, well, that's a t- – that's a that, people are doing that to each other all day long. I, you know, it's – Yeah. I heard Whitlock talking about that too. He goes, I can't be outraged at somebody for saying something that I use way too much as well. It's- yeah, go play Call of Duty with a bunch of 12-year-olds in here how many times. I heard you can't even play Call of Duty or what's the other one, Fortnite? 
because the kids in there are so mean and racist and disgusting. Oh, it's You're terrible. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, I couldn't imagine. Oh, yeah. Kids are. <laughs> it'll be an interesting couple generations from now because they don't care. But they don't even care that they're doing it to each other. That's There's another element there that's actually, hey, the words don't even mean anything to them until the adults tell them how much they should mean. And then you're like... Oh, I think I'd rather have it the other way. I think I'd rather have it so they can just say all these terrible things and nobody cares. Yes, the the beauty of anonymity in your mom's basement. Yeah, but yeah. even so, if, if people are saying this stuff to each other and it doesn't mean that much, could you imagine that? Could you imagine if the you know the R word, the B word, the N word, all these words didn't mean something to some? The problem is they do mean stuff to people, and some of them, rightly so, it's a very you know it can be very important. But if it didn't. Wow, wouldn't that be a greater place? I mean, we've gotten beyond a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's just so much associated with those words. And Frank, I know you got to go, but I'll just say really quickly that, you know, we're talking about one word that we never talk about when we talk about the C word, we think about C-U-N-T. But uh, you remember, I can spell it, Jesus. Uh, You know, when uh, Shane Gillis, the comedian, got in trouble for uh, saying chink, we could say that, uh, you know, in his podcast, I talked to my my friend Tony, who's Korean, and he goes, because he was talking, Shane was saying something about MSG and Chinatown, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, what what my boy Tony was telling me is like, everybody's like, oh, it's no big deal. It's just a comic talking. He was like, you don't understand growing up as a, as, as a young Asian American in this country. Those are the words that people use to when they were about to fight me. Those words are triggered. I know everybody's like, oh, triggered, triggered, triggered. You're, you're triggered because you know what's coming. When you hear "Hey, c-word" in the hallway of your middle school, you know when you turn around there might be a fist waiting for you, and that's why those words will always mean something to people. When you when you drop the 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 f bomb, the three letter f bomb, it's because gay men and women uh, have been beaten and killed and stomped to death in the street for that word. So like. When people go, it's just a word, get over it. It's like, no, that word is associated with violence and death yeah, and subjugation. I, I get that, but at the same time, I don't want to sound like I'm defending it because I'm not. But it's just, I, I don't want to say it's the, just any word, but just realize the source it's coming from. If you go, the source it's coming from doesn't get it, then you're like, all right, you, you know, whatever. Well, that's where you, that's and, that, and that's where you got to be. I had to have a talk with my co-host about... Uh, he, you know, we were, he, we were out somewhere and he was like, yeah, if somebody used the N word, I'm going to turn around and I'm like, you're not going to do anything because <laughs> you're on effing television and you're 35. Yeah. Don't let anybody bait you into destroying your life. And why is he worried about that? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're a why six, five, six, five X NFL player, but it's like, it doesn't matter. I mean, think about how many guys try and fight UFC player uh, fighters. It's just like, uh, like, yeah, but I love that he's worried that somebody's going to just say that to you out of the blue. Yeah. It's, you know. It's uh, <laughs> That's the, just well, if anybody says this, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How do we get here? Where are we going? Yeah, I was doing a gig one time in a pretty rural town, and uh, me and this, uh, me and the other comic were walking across the street to the hotel, uh, from where we we're getting something to eat and where the gig had been, and uh, these two bumpkins, uh, s- said like the other B word. Yeah, go home. Go home either. I, I think it was the the hard the hard F the 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 double G F, and yelled it, and then wanted to speed off in their pickup truck, but they were kind of still parallel parked, and he didn't have enough room to clear, 
So he then had to reverse again and then turn the wheel and then speed off down the street. So it was just like they yelled it and we just turned and like stared at them, like not even confrontationally, like, sir, it's 1.30 in the morning and it's freezing. What are, what are you doing? And then I think he wanted to be like, yeah, you know, seniors rule, you know, with the finger out of the window, driving off and this laughing. But he just didn't he didn't realize how deep into that space he was, Frank. And he had to uh, he had to throw it in reverse. You want to you know I don't know what kind of steering he might have a uh, only collision. You know you might have uh, liability. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we had uh, some good discussion here. Yeah, good. Well, you sound real excited about it. Jesus, no, I'm just winding you're, down. You're I got, talking I got about lot. cleaning my pool. No, I think there's a lot I've got to take care of at this point. <laughs> It's so it's so crazy. I just had this voiceover I had to do last second right before uh, you dialed up that I wasn't expecting, and I just had to uh, do it. It was for uh, Colbert, actually. That's and, cool. And do it really quickly. And uh, I don't know if they're using it or what, but I'm going to make sure I get paid. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it took me almost 10 minutes. No. Um, <laughs> I See, that's the only thing I hate about this stuff. We'll talk about it another time, but it's – like people go, it only takes you this amount of time to do it. No, I go, I do it over and over and over because I don't like anything I do. So right. I do it a thousand times, and that's why I don't like to do stuff because it, it, unless I'm, you know, for for something, uh, you know, professionally, unless I'm really getting paid for it, and this wasn't even that. This was just because, hey, you know, if I do them a favor, maybe there'll be something they can do for me, and they'll probably won't even know it was me that did it, but. Uh, it's one of those things where like, no, I do that. I just, I'm anal about this stuff and I do it a thousand times and still don't like it. And that's why I want to be paid for it because it's going to drive me crazy. Even having heard about it. I'm giving you a little bit of my life because I'm going to beat myself up so much about this. So yes, pay me. <laughs> exactly. All right. We'll, uh, we'll get back to it. Uh, at Al Jackson, IG on Instagram, uh, at Al Jackson across the board and everything else. Correct. That's right. Now, Jackson Comedy uh, on uh, YouTube. I'm putting all of our podcasts uh, on uh, on my YouTube page as well. And you can also find it on Alan Frank uh, on our Instagram. Go to Alan Frank's Instagram. Jesus, we need some followers. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Holy mother of God. All right, man. All right, brother. Be good. We'll you talk too, soon. Bro. Love Sounds you, buddy. Good.